You can't keep using tools of oppression and expect to raise free people. Episode 80. I'm starting out in a space of deep appreciation for the feedback that y'all are offering us as this community expands. Like, yo, I make so much sense in this space. (laughs) There's not a lot of spaces where I can say that. And I know you feel me. If you listen to this podcast, there's a lot of spaces where you don't make a lot of sense either. Your choices don't make a lot of sense. But here with us now, as we do this work, as people who are nurturing young people, as parents or as educators, as we do this work, we make sense to each other. We remind each other. We help each other to remember how to empower ourselves We listen to each other. We see each other. There are things that we don't even have to say with words. (laughs) I really, really appreciate y'all so much on Instagram, on the voice memo on my website, email. I'm feeling like this is really working. This is really freaking working. This idea of finding us and reminding us that we exist, you know, like different versions of us exist all over the world doing this work of saying, yo, I'm not with this idea of control and coercion when it comes to children. And as it turns out, I'm not about that life at all in any of my relationships. So I'm going to free my children from the coercive spaces like schooling. And I'm going to also give myself permission to be free from the things that don't feel nothing like freedom to me. And in doing so, not only am I freeing myself, not only am I learning to care for myself, but I'm also now able to and willing to contribute to my community, the various communities that I identify with or feel like a part of. I'm willing and able to do that from an authentic space. I'm able to find other people who fuck with what I fuck with and we're able to collaborate and develop language for dealing with each other despite our differences. All of these things are what happen when we decide to reclaim ourselves through self-directed education. When we decide to de-school, to decolonize, it's just really, really affirming (laughs) the sort of feedback that I'm getting and what I'm learning from you sharing your stories with me. I appreciate you sharing them with me. You can get that sense of feeling heard that I know is so important. And I'm so happy to be able to do that and to get that back from so many of you. So yeah, enough gratitude, gratitude, gratitude. While we're on the gratitude private jet, (laughs) I want to salute our newest Fair of the Free Child patrons, Makiba, Amanda, and Sir or sire, I don't know. But thank you so much for supporting this podcast and this movement, y'all. Makiba, by the way, also has a podcast that I enjoy. And the website is multiformity.life. I'm going to put that link on the show notes page, by the way, which is akilasrichards.com forward slash eight zero. 
If you are not yet a patron of the podcast, you are missing out on exclusive content, early content, random, wonderful. I I think I feel wonderful sharing them. (laughs) Um, Live stories that are all connected to this work of raising free people. So I invite you to come over. You can come over for as little as a dollar a month or a one-time donation or a big, big donation at $900 a month. All of those are welcome and easy to do over on patreon.com forward slash Akila. Thank you, Makiba, Amanda, and Sir. And thank you to all my current patrons. I appreciate you. Curing Colonized Imaginations This episode is about unschooling in a rather specific way. I'm going to give you a definition, but more importantly, I'm going to be offering you the understanding as I see it. So I'm packing and preparing today to head to Pittsburgh for a talk around self-directed education and its benefits, what it solves, especially for Black people in all of our expressions and locations. And when I do these talks in public spaces, I will almost always get asked this one question, how do you unschool? Or a variation of the question, what exactly is unschooling? So (laughs) when that first started happening, I was like, fuck that. Stop thinking about the system like a definition and just start feeling it through. It's life, you know, it's living. All of that is true. (laughs) However, as I look up from my initial reaction and kind of breathe a little bit and feel through the response, it's different. It's just like episode 74, which is basically... (laughs) Now, like the flashing light leading folks to the rest of our community and conversation on this podcast, I want to start doing more episodes that answer one particular question. So on episode 74, the one particular question that was asked by Yolandi, what up Yolandi? The question was, what does raising free people mean? Like for real, for real, unpack that shit, complain with it, you know? And that's what happened. And Y'all told me you needed that. Your feedback, which I'm still getting, (laughs) is amazing. I listen to your feedback and I'm doing what unschoolers do here, which is strewing a process of mindfully, lovingly introducing information or ideas or topics into the household. In this case, we're introducing it into our community here with you and me. And I'm putting something on the coffee table and inviting your exploration maybe even some more conversation about this. Okay. So I'm going to give you a definition, one that I've shared before in my writing mainly. So if you've read my unschooling explained ebook, parts of this might sound familiar. So I'm offering this definition so you can invite people in your life to listen to episode 80. You'll get a definition, both a short one and a more detailed one about what unschooling is and what it means. But I'm also going to offer you the understanding of unschooling as I see it, not for you to see it the way that I see it, but so that you can remember that you must figure out your own understanding of it and that you never have to feel like 
if you want to unschool, you don't know where to start. Okay. You don't have to feel like that. Not for long. You'd never need to feel that way for long. Just deciding is the starting point and the research and in-person connections you make. And most importantly, your child, if you're consistently deciding to listen to them, all of that will help you design what unschooling is and what it means for your family. Definition. Unschooling is a way of life that is based on freedom, respect, and autonomy. In essence, it is a child-trusting, anti-oppressive, liberatory, love-centered approach to parenting and caregiving. So not just for parents, but also for educators and other people who help to raise your child. Unschoolers like to say that learning is a byproduct of living, not a separate thing from living. One way to distinguish unschooling from other parenting or education methods is to ask, did the child choose to do this activity? And can they quit whatever they're doing with no recourse or pushback from an adult? If the answers to those two questions are yes, it's unschooling. Understanding. Unschooling and blackness have a few shared characteristics. Isn't that interesting? (laughs) As that started to take shape in my mind, what came up was the focal points. Like what happens when you start to focus on and celebrate and appreciate your blackness as opposed to just navigating it. And the same thing with your learning, like how you spend your time. What happens when you go from just like maneuvering through school or schoolishness over into unschooling and de-schooling yourself, how much more learning happens. So as I, you know, sorted through that thought and that comparison, what came up was those focal points (laughs) and then more so what I don't focus on and why I don't focus on it. So on this podcast, for example, in our community, we don't focus on school here, not tearing it down, not blaming people in it or for it, not reforming it, not saving it because so many of our children are in that situation not ignoring that it's the new slavery as an effective pipeline to prison and subsequent forms of oppression and trauma, especially for black and brown folks. We don't focus on school here because in this work, you and I have got to imagine life as if school was a potential resource along our path, not a multi-year goal to stay in as long as we can, no matter the cost. We don't focus on school here because we want more of us to imagine life, not graduation, life. Bell Hooks, (laughs) she said a word when she said, we've not just been colonized in our minds, we've been colonized in our imaginations. We've not just been colonized in our minds, we've been colonized in our imaginations. That shit sears. (laughs) So yeah, we don't focus on school and public or private or charter education here. 
the energies that are working up in here are about the reality that some of us will survive the constant terror of the influence of white supremacy in the world, including in school. Some of us are and will thrive beyond it, and we will need to pour into our communities because all of us can benefit from seeing ourselves beyond these systems of oppression, not seeing our way through them, living our lives without a focus on them when we can, while we can, because right now, not all of us can. So we have to figure out how to work collectively towards owning our time, owning our learning, forming a relationship with and working in community together with a household where the choice to unschool came at a huge loss. Those losses can be financial, like a single parent choosing to leave a conventional job to find a remote job so that they can be present for unschooling. Those losses can also be about emotional support, like grandma can't believe that you took her grandchild out of school So she's constantly on you about it and it's causing you anxiety. The losses can also be logistic, like folks are looking at you to fail because they told you this was a bad idea. Now they're not available to help you with picking up your child from this practice or whatever, because now they're in their feelings about this crazy self-directed thing you're testing out on your child. These are all real examples from real people's lives. So the cost and perhaps the barriers to access of unschooling are about many things, not just money. And we need to work together to disappear these barriers. And we do this piece by piece when we, in our homes and in our communities, test out ways and research ways to feel safer about where our children are spending their days if we don't subject them to forced schooling. And this has to become our priority so that it's a normal, accessible option for anybody. And that can't happen if we're focused on fixing or fitting into these systems more than we're focused on living and thriving despite the pervasiveness of those systems. We have to imagine not just surviving schooling, but supporting communities in living and learning freely, openly, in collaboration with local and virtual community, internationally super specifically for particular identities who want to do this just for their specific groups and learning that expands boundaries and builds on learning that not language or thousands of miles can stop because the internet. We, or I'll say I, love the term unschooling because I am pushing back against this particular system, but I don't focus on school here. We got to imagine and live beyond the things designed to oppress us. And in imagining and then step by step, (laughs) living out a life that is not centered on fear of the things that have oppressed us, I want to offer the understanding that unschooling is not a monolith. There is no one single globally accepted unschooling experience. Unschoolers show up differently based on where we live, what we value, how our immediate community responds to our presence or choices, how we identify, all of that. I'm sure there's some common ground experiences of unschooling on a global scale, but the differences, they are vast and varied and vital to defining one's unschooling practice. So the question isn't what does unschooling mean or how does one unschool? I think a better question is, What does unschooling explore? Or further, 
what might we explore if we choose unschooling now? Because it's dangerous to focus on the definition without being deliberate about gaining understanding. Seriously, the analogy that I'm going to take the risk to draw here is by using the term diversity, that term, that definition, especially in our communities as folks from all races and backgrounds who come together under our shared belief in self-directed education. The term diversity, it speaks to Hmm. It speaks to what we want, like what we imagine, but it doesn't speak to the factors that come with that. For example, if you're a white person or a group of white people and you start a self-directed education center or school of some sorts, and you're wanting to hire a black person or a Latinx person because you feel like it's important to include non-white people. Okay, that makes sense. And that might impact that one Black person or that one Latinx person. And it'll probably also make other Black folks, Indigenous folks, and other people of color feel safer exploring your space. But what that diversity move doesn't do is consider whether there's a Black woman who wants to apply for that job whether she has the same access to the resources that'll allow her to get to that side of town that your SDE center is on based on laws that limit, say, the bike paths in her Black neighborhood. So it takes her much longer to get anywhere because the laws don't protect pedestrians in her neighborhood the same way they do in another neighborhood where biking is easy and the streets account for bike commuters' existence. Is that your fault? as a liberation-minded white person, that her neighborhood gets less resources than someone else's? Is it hers for living there? Nope. Do the laws and the related funding and what's happening on her city streets factor into whether or not your job is accessible for her? Yes. I'll give you another example. When folks email me about bringing me to their school or community as part of an effort to bridge the gap with their communities of people of color. Okay, makes sense. But bringing me to your community, that's not you practicing diversity. It's not enough. It's incomplete, actually. If your efforts to reach out to non-white people didn't first and mostly include you getting to know the people of the community that your school or center is in, and especially the homeschooling and other family-oriented members. Malika and I were talking about the way that white self-directed education schools or spaces, they just kind of roll up in black and brown folks' neighborhoods like, excuse us, we love everyone. So, you know, if you want to be here in the space, just let us know one love. And then they feel baffled about why their student population is and remains majority white. So, so, you know, you can't build the types of communities and nurture the types of relationships you claim you want to see and facilitate as social justice and civil rights minded people if it's just a bunch of white families in the mix. That ain't happening. And most of the white schools that are predominantly white spaces that reach out to me, they already know that. And that's good. So if you know that, then your efforts to bring in somebody not white to your school, like a me, your efforts would need to include educating yourself on some of the issues that people of color 
Black folks, Indigenous folks in your communities are dealing with, in your city are dealing with, and then access other non-white people to either teach you how to navigate that space to some extent for a fee or to work with you in some organizing capacity or consulting capacity, whatever, you know, you and they see fit to help you actually work with non-white people, not just to find one that fits the bill and then covers, you know, okay, good, I hired a, a Latinx person or I hired a Black person or I hired an Asian person or whatever for the year to manage that guilt by hiring one. But nothing has changed besides the look of inclusion. Yes, now you have a more diverse staff, but you're not practicing diversity. So the understanding of unschooling stretches you and helps you to get comfortable with that discomfort. Because I know some people listening to this will feel discomfort. You might be that one black person, or you might be the person who has done that as a hiring practice. It's okay. Keep listening. Keep listening because there's never not an opportunity to do something differently. And that's what's so important about the understanding of unschooling. That's why I didn't want to focus just on a definition. The understanding of unschooling stretches you and helps you to get comfortable with discomfort, to ask questions that lead you to better questions, that encourage you to stop doing something and to start practicing something else, and to trust children and to study learning, not topics disguised as learning opportunities. And to recognize oppression when that bitch rolls up feeling and looking like the right thing or the easiest thing or the safest thing to do. So when you have more than a definition, when you focus less on defining unschooling and more on understanding it, you begin to see and understand the ways that various types of oppression, if left undisrupted, intersect and strengthen each other causing painful relationship dynamics between us and the children we love. So we see unschooling in our understanding as liberatory because when we recognize oppression and our participation in it, we can learn how to free our children and ourselves. Really sit with that in terms of an understanding of unschooling and let me know what comes up for you Please continue to reach out if you haven't already. Now is a great time. There's a voice memo option right on AkilaSRichards.com. The show notes page for today's episode is AkilaSRichards.com forward slash eight zero. Would love your feedback. Please share it. When you're sharing, use the hashtag raising free people. I'm really, really active on Instagram at Fair of the Free Child, F-A-R-E. Be sure to follow along. Also, as I mentioned, a few of the bits of this episode came from my Unschooling Explained ebook. So I'll put a link to getting that on the show notes page. Also wanted to mention while I was talking about unschooling and blackness today that I found a Facebook group, Unschooling While Black. Oh, oh my gosh. Um, if you're not following on IG again, please do so because I reposted the sister. I think her name is Marilyn. I reposted an image of it and a link to her Instagram page. So the group seems so dope. And Marilyn, who I think she's one of the admins, her Facebook live was talking about unschooling and its relevance in her life. She gave a lot of resources. This is so important. 
to see us with all our similarities and differences, sharing out loud the ways that we're learning to decolonize our thinking and embrace learning and help our children and ourselves to get and stay free. I'm going to put a link to both the Facebook and Instagram pages of Marilyn and the Unschooling Wild Black Facebook group. Be sure to check that out. So many great resources, so much wonderful work towards liberatory living happening in the world. Thank you for listening to it, being part of it. Much love. Talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to Farah the Free Child podcast. Like the show? Then show your love or give your feedback at AkilaSRichards.com. Fair of the Free Child is a weekly podcast that centers diverse narratives, insightful commentary, learning with our children, and de-schooling ourselves, owning our multiple identities, and treating children with dignity, creating community and sharing conversation from often silenced spaces, breathing life into liberation practices proactively and on purpose. It's about parenting. It's about self-directed education, loving. It's about learning.